outside and I, I had a scripture verse come to mind um, that just spoke to me, especially this morning uh, from Isaiah. Though our sins were like scarlet, he has dyed them white as the snow. Um, and on this snowy Easter morning, uh, we are going to, our 8 a.m. service, what we're doing today, we are going to worship. Like this is a celebration. This is a happy morning. It is a a, uh, a time when we will remember that Christ died for us and that he is risen. And when I say he is risen, you say? He has risen indeed. But we say it with a lot more energy. So it will be a little more like he is risen. He is risen indeed. Exactly. Um, Luke 24, 1 to 8. But on the first day of the week at the early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And so we are gathered this morning and we are celebrating because the cross pays for our sin. And then Easter morning, it gives us our direction and our destination. And it gives us proof that there's something to his words and it gives us something to celebrate. Um, Every tear will be wiped. Um, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And He is risen? He is risen indeed. And so let's start our worship this morning and remember that He lives. Would you stand, please? I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how. I got it right here. The mother is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me. We are celebrating this morning in Romans 5, 
6 through 11, it says this, For why we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, you changed it for me. Thank you. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here's essentially what this text is saying, and and this is why we celebrate the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday, right? We celebrate the resurrection because we have been justified. Our sinful hearts created the necessity for the cross to happen. But our sinful hearts also created an opportunity for God to show us his immense love for us, right? Which is crazy. If you think about it, it should boggle our minds. We are sinful. We rebel. We say, no, God, I'll take your stuff, but I don't need you. And he still uses that as an opportunity to show how great his love is for us. And that's really, at the end of the day, what we're all seeking, right? Like we're all, as humans, seeking the Lord. We are all seeking to find joy in him. Um, I am a big fan of a guy who he's a poet and um actually his name's levi the poet i won't read the whole thing because he's aiming at a younger generation and it might upset some of the well either way it's really good and there's a part there's a line in the poem where he says and this actually goes back to a text that he just read he said it is interesting to me that the angels ask or that the angel asks the women who prepared the spices for your body that they were seeking the living among the dead And then he says this, he says, it seems to me that they're not the only ones excavating empty holes to fill their own. And the idea is this, is that at the end of the day, we are all seeking after joy. We are all seeking after happiness. And the gospel gives us that, right? It is by the blood of Christ that we are reconciled to God. We are justified. Justified means that in a court of law, we are made right with him reconciled is the relational aspect of it. Now, we're not just in good standing with our judge. We are relationally restored to our Father. And we celebrate that. Amen? Let's continue to celebrate that by singing Nothing But the Blood. Um, Rebecca was going to be leading this service this morning, in fact, in all morning, and she came on with the flu last night around 9 o'clock to midnight plus whatever, so she's not feeling well, so she's home. So I wasn't sure what to how many verses of anything we're doing here, and I'm not sure on this one. There's four of them. I don't know how many we're doing. Jesse doesn't know either. So you just sing up there, and I'll listen to you, okay? I'll start out on the first one, though. Or unless you're going to go four, three, two, one, I don't care. Oh, what can wash away my sin? 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My part in this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea, oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Oh, other fount I know, oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done, oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, cause nothing but the blood of This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, nothing but the blood of So uh, one of my oddball uh, hobbies, I, I like to read uh, philosophy, and, and around the time, like here recently, around the time I, I've been reading and focusing on and like digging into the writings of the guys uh, from the ancient world, like, like Plato and Socrates and all these other guys, and there's an interesting trend that you see um, in the writings of these guys, and that is that um, like they all basically saw like the end of our lives as hopeless. Um, you look at, at a guy like, uh, you know, like the, the Stoics, they would say, you know, there is nothing you can do to control your own life and you will die and everything is going to be awful. And the only thing you can control is what's in your own head and that's it. And the moment death shows up, you're gone and that's it. Or the hedonist who said, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die, which we all know. And actually we've converted it for tomorrow we diet. Because we figure I will have my fun now, I will live my best life at this moment, and that is all there is. And most of the ancient world was fairly hopeless about what happened after the end. Even amongst folks who believed in the pagan gods, they believed that that eternity was spent in a gloomy, dark wasteland where you just sort of wandered around and that was it. Um, Gods didn't care about you, they didn't love you, they had no concern for you, except for the Jewish people who believed in the resurrection. They believed that all men would sleep, and in the end, Christ, or the Messiah for them, would bring about the resurrection and restore the creation. 
And they all looked forward to that. And we, as the followers of Jesus, we recognize he was that promised one. He was the one that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of prophets and preachers and and dreamers were looking forward to, the one who would set things right. And so we celebrate Easter morning. We celebrate the resurrection because we celebrate the hope that we have in Christ. Um, Because everything else the world has to offer is hopeless. Uh, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare by you, or to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, and a cry of command with a voice of an archangel, and with a sound of trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them, and in the clouds meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And what Paul is saying is, Paul is saying that, like, the end isn't it. That, that our loved ones and those who've, who've left us and those who've died, those who've breathed their last rattling breath, or even us as we begin to feel our bodies decay and, and our arthritis set in and, and, like, little aches and pains and our minds start to get cloudy and our eyes stop working as well as they used to. Not that that's happening to me, but, like, as this stuff happens, we don't look forward with dread and say, man, there's a day coming where I won't exist and what will the world do then? Um, we look forward and we recognize that Jesus is risen. And I... Thank you. <laughs> Let's do that better. I forgot. Jesus is risen. And because he is risen indeed, we have hope. Um, Jesus himself at a funeral, right? It's the only time we see Jesus at a funeral. He's there for the funeral of Lazarus. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been in a tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem and about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to the Lord, or said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. And Jesus said to her, "My brother, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Thank you. I skipped. I forgot. Um, <laughs> Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And this is part of the hope we have on Easter morning. We will, we will be back. We will not live in this earthly form forever. We will be resurrected. We will be reunited. We will be made perfect. And in fact, Lazarus was not resurrected that, that day. Lazarus was resuscitated, meaning his heart started beating and he started breathing and he came back to life. Whereas when we are 
resurrected. It'll be in glorified bodies. Paul talks about that elsewhere. And it'll be to a perfect creation. And I believe, I read this recently and I thought it was awesome. The shortest verse in the Bible is right after this. And the shortest verse of the Bible is? Yes, he wept or Jesus wept. And at that moment, a lot of people have read that and said, oh, look, he mourned for his, like, for his friend who had died that day. And in reality, I think he mourned because Lazarus had to come back. Like, because this is not the best part. This is not dessert. This is not the main course. This is the waiting room to get into the restaurant. And that is a glorious thing and it is a wonderful thing. And so we have hope. For tomorrow, we have hope for for what is to come, and we have all of this hope because on Easter morning we can say He lives. I'd let you stay sitting, but I know better, so please stand. (laughs) We can celebrate this morning. I'm looking out and I'm not seeing a lot of smiles and a lot of like joy. And so there we go. It's getting better. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we can start now. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He
because he lives all fear is gone because I Philippians 3, 8 through 11, it says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in the order, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having any righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This text is a reminder to us that. Well, actually, here, I'll put it this way. Um, I naturally don't enjoy um really it's it's pride right i like to win on my own do you guys ever find that right like instinctively as a human it's hard for us sometimes to like celebrate when we get second like it's hard for us to celebrate the guy who got first right like naturally we're like right and and that's it, right? Well, thank you, Larry. Yes, yeah, you guys are quiet this morning. Yeah, my coffee hasn't kicked in yet either. But 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 the idea is, is that as believers, we get this opportunity to set that pride aside as hard as it can be, and find our victory ultimately in the fact that the righteousness cannot be gained on our own. We can't earn it ourselves, though we may want to. Because he has earned it for us. And at the end of the day, the gospel has set us free from that pride and given us the ability to celebrate the victory that Christ has won for us. And because of that, as it says at the beginning, we can join Paul in saying, I count all things as rubbish because I have Christ. Um, I'm going to go back to that poem. And it says, joy seekers. And he's talking about this idea that we as humans are all seeking after joy and happiness, right? That's what we want. And and the victory that we have in Christ, he argues, is the thing we're looking for. And he says, we have been sought after, completely undeserving, and yet in eternity past, the author of life's story wrote life's death to life into his climactic chapter and invited a wife into his storyline to stand by his side. And I'll never grasp the vastness of the fact that the Lamb of God was slaughtered on my behalf. But his resurrection is all I have. His resurrection is all we have. His resurrection is all we need. Jesus, if you're not alive, call us pitied. Call it off. 
call it empty. But if the tomb is empty, call us family, call us finished. Say that our seeking can cease. Joy seekers, we have found him. You have been found by him. You are free. Celebrate that today. Your freedom has been found in Christ. You no longer need to continue seeking after the things that will only uh, end in nothing. They'll still keep you empty. Because what you're seeking after ultimately is only found in Christ. Let's uh, sing about that victory. Please sit down. You got ahead of yourselves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I was just sitting back there thinking of the last song as Jeremy was talking. And, uh, I'm, it's not my part here to be standing up here preaching, so I'm not going to. But I am going to say a few words here that, you know, the victory in Jesus. Um, what does it say? It's because now I can face tomorrow. Our victory actually came on Friday. Crazy day. But if you look around. Take the most important person in your life and say that you're going to sacrifice him so that you can live forever. That's what God did. And to know that I put him in that grave is sometimes more than I can handle. Excuse me. But today is the day I get to celebrate because God said, don't worry. It's okay. I'm going to bring him back. He did.
Jess, can you do the slides for me on this one? I'll, I'll get to the verse in a second. Um, I am, uh, I'm going to talk for a second about the last hymn we're going to sing. And, and the reason I'm going to talk about it is uh, when I was in high school, uh, I remember being on a trip, like a mission trip, with uh, kids from my youth group and, and folks from my church. And I don't remember where that one was. We went somewhere and we painted houses. And I, I think that's the year I – it might have been the year I preached a sermon in a homeless shelter. It was the first sermon I ever preached. Uh, which was kind of weird uh, and probably terrible, uh, but it wasn't long, and so in that respect, it was great. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I remember my brother was there, and he and I like we you get us together, and we're we're goofy. And at that age in my life, I was really goofy, and and we sang this last song several times uh, during that week. And the song is "Power in the Blood," and you all know this one, right? It was written in the 1880s, like 1888, at a camp meeting. And I ruined this song for myself, and I have taken the joy of ruining it for everyone else for years. As you sing this one this morning, um, I want you to recognize what I recognized that, that day. Uh, um, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. Uh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of a lamb. And as we were singing it, I realized that sounds like the jingle for a laundry detergent. And so as you sing it this morning, I want everybody to smile and laugh a little bit. But here's the deal. It was written in 1880, so it was written before laundry detergent was a thing. And, like, I imposed a new meaning onto an old thing, right? Why does it matter? Because laundry detergent commercials are silly. They promise more than you can possibly get, and I think it's made us a little cynical. fact of the matter is, my ketchup stain ain't coming out, right? I have more coffee spots on my suit than I care to mention. Um, but in reality, the truth of the gospel, the truth of Good Friday, and the truth of Easter with the resurrection, it is not an empty promise. It is not a promise the world and give nothing. It is not a, hey, buy this thing and it'll make your life better because your laundry will be whiter. None of that stuff. The truth is that the gospel itself is the greatest promise we could possibly receive. And it's true. I, I watched this morning before when I was getting ready for, my, uh, for, for coming in. I, I was uh, scrolling Twitter and looking at things and I saw a video of these guys singing a, a hymn on an airplane. It was clearly years ago. Nobody had uh, masks on and people weren't angry. 
Uh, and, but they're, they're like singing this hymn and everybody on the plane is singing and smiling. And there's like one guy there kind of, but I mean, otherwise everybody's singing along and it's pretty awesome. And the whole conversation about it was about how Christians are constantly trying to sell us stuff. They might look happy, but they're just tricking us. And isn't that annoying? Why would you do this? And why would you ever, you know, force your religion on other people? But the truth is, if the gospel's true, if Easter happened, if I can be washed of my sins and know that like every rotten thing I've ever done is gone forever and know that my life has purpose and meaning, that I'm not cosmic accident or, or stardust that happened to wander into like a mud hole once upon a time or some other nonsense. If I have meaning and if you have meaning, if God would send his son to die for us, it's, it's worth singing about. And it's worth laughing together. And it's worth being family together. It's worth living in the direction of that truth. And it's actually better than a laundry commercial. It's better than a false promise or a bad sales pitch. It is the truth that I am washed white as the snow. And that one day I will rise, be raised again. I'll, I'll see my mom again. I, I, I'll see my friends again. I'll meet my grandfather. Like, be, I'll stand before Jesus who died for me. It is amazing. And so as we sing this last song, like, like recognize what Peter tells us. And if you call him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. And so as we sing this last song, don't sing it as a, I, like I always am tempted to sing it as a cheesy promise. But it's not a cheesy promise, it is the truth. We're washed clean. There's a hope for tomorrow, brand new, for eternity. Let's sing, let's sing power in the blood and recognize there's power in the blood and there's power Easter morning. There's power in that empty tomb and we are made new. Are you coming back up, Pastor, after the song? Okay.
Heavenly Father, as we depart this service this morning, Lord, I just ask that uh, this day and the full meaning of it does not go un- unnoticed or un- unheeded by us, Lord, that we not only serve a, a person that was willing to die for us, but has come back to stand at the right hand of his Father and uh, intervene for us. He intervened before, and he just keeps doing it every day. So, Lord, I just ask that you just bless this day. For those without any hope, may you give them hope. May we be part of the hope. May we let them know that there is dignity in being who you are, that this whole nation seems to be looking for some kind of significance and, and uh, waiting to put blame. Well, the blame rests inside in a heart that you clean. So, Lord, just help us to be cleansed and feel cleansed today and to celebrate because this is a daily of celebration. In Jesus' name, amen.